I'm Santiago Lopez Jr. with the Lopez Brothers Farm in Pleasanton, Texas. You're listening to the latest news in Texas, agriculture on Texas Ag Today. Welcome to Texas Ag Today, a daily look at the latest news in Texas agriculture. Texas Ag Today is produced by the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network with the largest farm news team in the Lone Star State. Now here's the host of Texas Ag Today, Carrie Martin. Hello, Texas. Glad to have you back for another edition of Texas Ag Today. Jump on in with me. Buckle up. We're going to take a ride around the Lone Star State as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state in the nation, Texas agriculture. In the news today, we see a lot of hyper-partisanship in Washington right now. And unfortunately, that includes the agriculture committees in Congress. Well, it's time to restore some bipartisanship to the Farm Bill debate. That's the word coming from one Texas congressman. We'll have that story coming up to kick off today's show. My name is Kerry Martin. I'm your host along with the largest and most experienced farm news team in the Lone Star State. And we're all standing by to bring you the latest news in Texas agriculture. From the piney woods of East Texas to the rocky ranges of the Trans-Pecos. And from the Panhandle down to the Rio Grande Valley. The continuing upheaval in the markets has added to the uncertainty about what to plant in the Texas High Plains. I'm James Hunt and I'll have that story on Texas Ag Today. The National and Texas Beef Checkoff programs are contributing to a tremendous beef demand in the United States along with benefiting consumers. I'm Tom Nicoletti and I'll have that story on Texas Ag Today. There's a rush to buy rural land in Texas. I'm Gary Joyner, and I'll have those details on Texas Ag Today. We'll have those stories plus Texas wildlife news and a complete look at the markets all coming up. Hyperpartisanship in Washington has put the 2023 Farm Bill on the back burner at this point. Texas Congressman Jody Arrington says that is going to change if Republicans take control of Congress this fall. When the Republicans get the gavel, and we will, in the House for sure, and most likely the Senate, we have to run the Farm Bill process like we did when Mike Conaway was chairman and Republicans were in leadership. We have to show the country that we can put our country first and we can do things that are good for producers and for, for all Americans when, you, when, you, uh, when you're talking about putting food on the table and with, with respect to families around the, around the country. So, yeah, we, we will lead and we will govern this country and we will certainly be doing things differently than, than how they're uh, being done or not done today. The first hearings on the new farm bill will be held by the Senate Ag Committee next month in Michigan. The sign-up deadline for many USDA programs is just a few days away. U.S. farmers now have less than a week to enroll in or make changes to their farm bill safety net coverage. The deadline to make elections and sign contracts for the agriculture risk coverage and price loss coverage programs for the 2022 crop year is Tuesday, March 15th. 
The U.S. Department of Agriculture is also urging farmers to consider the impacts of enrolling in ARC or PLC on certain crop insurance options like the Stacked Income Protection Plan and the Supplemental Coverage Option. March 15th is also the deadline to file an acreage report to receive a premium benefit through USDA's Pandemic Cover Crop Program. It's also the last day to purchase coverage through federal crop insurance. You can enroll in or make changes to ARC or PLC elections at your local Farm Service Agency office. Call ahead as appointments may be required. Details are also available on farmers.gov. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Domel. The latest Texas Crop Progress and Condition Report shows our very first planting progress numbers for the year. The report showing that 16% of our Texas corn crop is now in the ground, with 10% of sorghum planted. Of course, the report has the weekly wheat crop ratings in it, which don't look any better than they did the previous few weeks. We have 7% of the wheat crop now rated good, 18% rated fair, and 75% of the wheat crop rated poor to very poor. As spring planting approaches on the Texas High Plains, James Hunt says the continual upheaval in the markets adds to the uncertainty of what to plant this year. When it comes to possible acreage shifts, what will happen in the Texas High Plains? One person who talks to a lot of farmers is Rachel Myers, who owns Myers Crop Insurance in Claude, and she says there appears to be some indecision out there. Typically by this time of year, everyone has purchased the seed, purchased a lot of the inputs, and they're sitting ready to get a crop in the ground. But the current wild commodity markets, you know, obviously driven by so many external factors, is really kind of making everyone scratch their heads. My very usual customers that can tell me to the acre what they're planting are still kind of a little wishy-washy, especially on the irrigated side of things. You know, we're seeing a little more interest in soybeans in this area, kind of more than I've ever seen. And a lot of that's based on just input costs, you know, versus corn, where those guys know how much they're going to have to spend to get that crop, even though the prices look good. And obviously, soybeans have just been on fire. So we're seeing some action there. On the dryland side, a dollar three was the insurance price set for cotton, and so that has a lot of play in it right now. You know, a lot of people are eyeing cotton, but you know, five dollars and eighty-eight cents for green sorghum isn't looking too bad either. It will be interesting to see how it all plays out. Meanwhile, March 15th is the sales closing date for spring planted crops in our area, and Meyer says premiums are running pretty high, so don't automatically plan on doing the same thing you do every year. If you have not sat down with your agent, please do so. Look at what you are purchasing. You know, you may not change your mind. You may say, hey, I've got to have that many dollars coverage to make this deal go. But at the same time, you don't want to wake up when you get that premium billing statement and just have absolute sticker shock. I'm James Hunt on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. The beef checkoff benefits consumers while increasing beef demand. Tom Nicoletti talks with a Texas cattle producer about the work the beef checkoff is doing here in the Lone Star State. Various programs under the direction of the Texas Beef Council are promoting beef and its nutritional value to consumers. Pat McDowell is vice chairman of the TBC and a rancher in the Texas Panhandle. We do a beef-loving chefs. We had a summit here a few months back that we invited 40 chefs from across the country, really, and uh, showed them some new kind of beef 
centric recipes and how they can in, include that in their uh, in their own restaurants. We've partnered with the, the National Beef Checkoff Program, gone along with them on their Beef in the Early Years campaign. This is directed at new and expectant parents, but it's kind of showing the, the ability to give beef to very young infants and toddlers and, and get them started on beef that way. It's really a neat educational program that is proving a lot of results. We're just wanted to share kind of what we've done in 2021. We have 20 beef producers throughout the state of Texas on the Beef Council Board of Directors that we oversee this money. We have a tremendous staff, and I think we're doing an excellent job of stewarding the, the $2. We're getting results. I mean, beef demand is tremendous at the moment. That's why we have the checkoff. It's not to touch the cattle producers. It's to touch the consumers who buy the beef. The Texas State Beef Checkoff through the Beef Promotion Research Council of Texas is the $1. That $1 stays in Texas. The National Beef Checkoff is another dollar, is the original dollar, of which the way it is set up, 50 cents of that stays in Texas and 50 cents goes immediately to the national program. So it's for a total of $2. That is Texas Beef Council Vice Chairman Pat McDowell. I'm Tom Nicoletti with the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. There's a rush to buy rural land in Texas. Gary Joyner takes a closer look. It's not surprising so many people want their own piece of Texas. Statewide rural land sales were up almost 18% in 2021, according to the Texas Real Estate Research Center at Texas A&M University. More than 846,000 acres of rural Texas changed hands last year. That's an increase of 53% from 2020. Researchers say it's the most active period in Texas land market history, and Texas farmers and ranchers see the land rush and impact on production agriculture every day. The typical rural Texas tract size sold in 2021 was more than 1,300 acres, and prices last year were higher as well, up 29% to $3,954 per acre statewide. But some land has sold for even more, upwards of $10,000 per acre. The rush to buy rural land makes it especially hard for farmers and ranchers who lease land. They often lose access to the land and their lease to the buyer willing to pay top dollar. More folks are coming to Texas, too. That puts farms and ranches and their acres in high demand. Once farm and ranch land is developed, it leaves production agriculture forever. It's a cruel irony that a burgeoning state and nation that needs more food to feed a growing population is actually gobbling up the acres it needs to grow that food. We need to keep private property in agriculture. We need to keep farmers and ranchers on the land because it's good for the land. It's good for you and me and Texas. I'm Gary Joyner for Texas Ag Today. Texas anglers are setting new records. I'm Jessica Dolmel, and I'll have that story coming up on Texas Ag Today. And taking a cat to the vet clinic can be a real challenge. Veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd has more on that coming up next, right here on Texas Ag Today. Parenting is full of surprises. You never know what to expect. So after our son was born, I called my Texas Farm Bureau insurance agent to set up a life insurance policy in case something happened to me. Sawyer is now two. And we'll soon have a sister. There's no one else I would trust with protecting my family. 
Visit Texas Farm Bureau Insurance today at tfbinsurance.com for an agent you can trust with life's most important decisions. Coverage and discounts are subject to qualifications and policy terms and may vary by situation. We're keeping you informed on everything happening in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. Taking a cat to the vet clinic can be a real challenge, and Dr. Bob Judd says that can deter cat owners from giving a cat the care it needs. Of all the animals we examine at veterinary clinics, cats can be the most difficult. If a cat does not want to be examined, it is likely impossible to do so without resorting to restraint techniques that could injure the animal or the veterinary staff. Some of these cats will not even allow injectable sedation to be given. And many of these cats need their vaccines, especially rabies vaccine, even if they never leave the house. Cats commonly have tooth resorption and painful dental disease, and an exam is required to determine if this is involved. Also, cats can develop heart murmurs, which can lead to serious issues, and it is very common for cats to develop diabetes mellitus. So all cats should be examined by a veterinarian at least annually to make sure the cat is healthy and not having any major issues. However, some cats are so difficult to examine at the vet clinic that many owners do not bring them in for fear of injury to themselves, the cat, or the veterinary staff. However, we do have medications that can really help decrease the anxiety in lots of cats, and one drug is gabapentin. It is classified as a neurolept analgesia used in humans, dogs, and cats, but also seems to have an anti-anxiety and calming effect in cats. We usually have the owners give a dose at night and then two hours before the morning appointment, and it really helps a lot of cats. You can also use a pheromone spray to spray in the cat carrier called Feel Away that is available at most pet stores, and this also seems to decrease anxiety. So if you have a cat that needs a veterinary exam but is not very easy to get to the veterinary clinic, call your veterinarian for some options. I'm Dr. Bob Judd on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Texas anglers are setting new records. Jessica Domel tells more about it in today's Wildlife Report. Texas anglers have reeled in some record-breaking largemouth bass over the past few weeks, and they've donated them to the Texas Freshwater Fishery Center in Athens for selective breeding. It is all part of the annual Toyota Sherlunker program. 17 legacy class lunkers, those are bass weighing more than 13 pounds, have been caught and loaned to the program since January 1st. The Texas Parks and Wildlife Department reports those lunkers set at least two new lake records and include two top 30 fish, including the seventh largest fish in Texas history. One angler, Josh Jones of Oklahoma, became the first angler to submit four legacy class fish, Again, those are bass weighing more than 13 pounds to the program. Eight of this year's legacy class lunkers were caught on OH Ivy in the San Angelo area. As a result, the Texas Parks and Wildlife Department has halted collection of lunkers from the reservoir with the exception of those breaking the record of 17.06 pounds for the rest of the 2022 season. Anglers who catch legacy lunkers at the reservoir will still receive catch kits and recognition of their catch. Biologists will still meet anglers at the reservoir to take measurements and collect lunker genetics. Anglers who catch bass weighing more than 13 pounds on other water bodies can still loan their lunkers to the Share Lunker program for selective spawning through March 31st. 
The fingerlings produced by the donated lunkers are later released back into the water bodies where lunkers were caught to improve bass fishing in Texas. Details are available at TexasShareLunker.com. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Dolmel. Well, it has been a crazy couple of weeks for the agricultural market, so how did things wrap up on Thursday? Jessica will be back with a complete look at the livestock, cotton, grain, energy, and financial markets coming up next. Keep it right here on Texas Ag Today. Break out your camera and snap a pic for the Texas Farm Bureau Photo Contest. You or someone you know can share your best photo with the entire Lone Star State and maybe win some cash, like $250 for first place, $200 for second place, and $100 for honorable mention. The contest is open to Texas Farm Bureau members or an immediate family member. Rural settings and lifestyles are the preferred themes for all submissions, and contestants are limited to one entry per person. Top four winners will be selected and published in the July edition of Texas Agriculture and the summer edition of Texas Neighbors. Snap your pick now for the Texas Farm Bureau Photo Contest. The entry deadline is June 1st. Visit TexasFarmBureau.org for complete contest rules. That's TexasFarmBureau.org. We're giving you the market information you need on Texas Ag Today. We saw some movement in the market Thursday as a result of Wednesday's World Agricultural Supply and Demand Estimates Report from the U.S. Department of Agriculture. And despite a good export report that USDA released Thursday morning, live cattle traded lower for much of the day. April live cattle down $1.67 to $135.90. June live cattle down $1.50 to $132.45. August live cattle down $0.97 to $134.65. Feeder cattle traded lower for much of the day Thursday on increases in the corn market. March feeder cattle down $2.40 to $151.65. April feeder cattle down $3.90 to $156.25. May feeder cattle down $4.12 to $161.80. Box beef higher Thursday, choice up $1.32 to $254.02, select up 242 to 247.21. Now let's check those livestock auctions. We're walking the pens with Larry Marble. Doug Bass from Cattlemen's Brenham. They sell them every Friday down there in Washington County. Doug, talk to us about last Friday's sale. Ended up with 909 head of cattle. Cow market looked a little better. Uh, Calf market looked pretty steady to the week before. Let's walk the pins, please. Yes, sir. On your way in cows, your thinner, lower yielding cows mean 34 to 60. Better cows mean 70 to 96 and a half. Weighing bulls, lower yielding, thinner bulls, 75 to 88. Better bulls bring 95 to 114. Pairs bring anywhere from 750 to 1400. Your bred cows bring anywhere from 700 to 1250. Two to three weight steers bring 141 to two and a quarter. Heifers bring 135 to 222. Three to four weight steers bring 138 to 220. Heifers bring 130 to 174. Four to Five weight steers bring 130 to 216. Peppers bring 125 to 176. Five to six weight steers bring 126 to 190. Peppers bring 123 to 166. 
167 weight steers bring 120 to 160. Heifers bring 115 to 153. 7 to 8 weight steers bring 115 to 135. Heifers bring 112 to 126. And your 800 to 1,000 pound steers and bull yearners bring $1.05 to 110. And your heiferettes bring $1 to 112. What are you aware of for this Friday sale? I've got two different gentlemen sending me some wean kids of about 50 off each each deal, weighing right around six good yellow kids. So we'll have about 100 good wean kids coming. At Cattleman's Brenham, Doug Bass and crew, tell everybody how to get a hold of you. Yes, sir. Y'all can call me on my cell, which is 979-877-4454, or call Sarah at the office, which is 979-836-3621. Thank you, Doug Bass, Cattleman's Brenham. This is Walking the Pins. I'm Larry Marble, Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Good day. April lean hogs down a dollar five Thursday to one hundred dollars and ten cents. May lean hogs down two cents to one oh seven thirty seven. March class three milk down fourteen cents to twenty two forty a hundred weight. April class three milk down forty cents to twenty three eighty six a hundred weight. We saw double-digit losses in the cotton market Thursday. May cotton down 61 points to 116.86. October cotton down 32 points to 104.79. December cotton down 25 points to 101.44. As I mentioned earlier, we saw corn rise on Thursday. That could be due to USDA's forecasted cuts to world-ending stocks for corn. March corn up 22 and three quarters to 757 and three quarters. May corn up 22 and three quarters to 755 and three quarters. September corn up 15 and a half to 677 and a half. Wednesday's report from USDA changed the global outlook to an increase in wheat production and a decrease in trade and wheat consumption that did impact our hard red wheat market on Thursday. March hard red wheat down 54 to 10.52 and a quarter. May hard red wheat down 48 and three quarters to 10.65 and three quarters. July hard red wheat down 39 to 10.54 and a quarter. Soybeans traded higher for much of the day Thursday after USDA's report on Wednesday forecast lower world stocks. March soybeans up 13 and a half to 1700 even. April natural gas up a dime to 462. May natural gas up a dime to 466. April crude oil down $2.29 to 106.41. May crude oil down $1.76 to 103.29. Now let's take a look at our financial markets, see how they fared for us on Thursday. The Dow down 175 points to 33,110. The S&P 500 down 26 to 4,251. And the NASDAQ down 147 points to 13,107. Well, that wraps up our look at the markets, and that wraps up this edition of Texas Ag Today. Remember, we'll be right here next time to bring you the latest news in Texas agriculture. I'm Jessica Domel, and I hope to see you then. Thanks for listening to Texas Ag Today. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. For more Texas Ag news and information, check out our website, at texasfarmbureau.org or tfbradio.com. Texas Ag Today is a production of the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network.